turning your Bibles to uh, the book of Proverbs, I want to take you to one passage of Scripture, and then after we look at that, I want, I want to take you uh, to, to uh, Joshua. Um, Lord convicted me about something. I, I want to speak to men today, and it's not that I'm trying to overlook anybody. And I've, I've, I've actually hesitated with things like this in the past because I'm thinking, man, all these people came today and some people are going to sit there and say, well, I could have just stayed at home if I would have known you were going to do that. I don't believe that any time we open the Bible that we're ever going to do anything in vain, okay? If you're here, the Bible is going to apply to you. You're going to learn something. You're going to grow. But I think sometimes we need to be direct. Something that I think this world doesn't like, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. And sometimes we get around some issues and we dodge some things and we water down some things. And let me be honest, that is the reason that we're facing so many problems today. We're, we're facing issues because we've relabeled sin. We, we've dodged these things from pulpits and from families to the point where now we have a mess on our hands. And the God says, if you would have just spoke up and been more direct, rather than being worried about offending people, you wouldn't be in this mess to begin with. I, 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 I want to be direct because I believe that that's what God wants us to do. You know, I, I've had people walk out when I've done things like this and they say, I don't agree with what the pastor was saying. Well, the thing is, you don't have to agree with me, but you need to agree with God's word. And that, that's the bottom line. You know, coming here to hear God's word is not about making people feel good. Although it is a great thing to be able to be under conviction and, and for God to draw us and be able to open our eyes to things, but... Today is Father's Day, and another day for Father's Day could be Leader's Day. And a lot of men that are fathers are not leaders, and, and, and that does create a mess. I, I want to be sensitive to understand God's plan. The harder we strive to be politically correct, guys, let me just say that there is an accountability that God has placed on our lives. And, and people turn around and the whole equality and, 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 and don't sit there and raise up men above women. And let me say, we're all, there, there's, God doesn't have favorites that he plays when it comes to this. But I'm telling you, there are roles that we play when it comes to this. And the role of a man and the role of a woman is different. They're distinct. And God doesn't say that one is better than the other, but he does make a distinction between them. When a lot of people come in and say, no, we want to put them on the same level, I, I hate to tell you this, but this is what we've created. We have created a problem where we have people that don't even know their sexual identity anymore because we've turned around and trying to be so politically correct. And we, God, God in the Bible, he draws a line in the sand and he says, there are men and there are women. And if that offends you, then it's the Bible offending you, not Pastor Tony this morning. But there is a distinction. And when we blur that line in the middle and we don't recognize the roles that God has given us as men and as women, then what happens is we have sin that creeps in and all of a sudden we have this rampant problem of homosexuality and everything else that has creeped into our nation. And pastors now are sitting back closing their mouths as they are rapidly screaming and going forward. And it's not a matter of every time I get in the pulpit I want to sit there and beat the drum on this one issue. But let me tell you, they're beating the drum very, very loud out all around us. And we walk into the church and we're sitting there in a hush-hush. I'm not saying that God hates them, but let me tell you that God does hate the sin. And, and a lot of times we don't draw it out enough to be able to distinguish the two to where we're understanding that. God is not against them. God is against their sin. 
And let me tell you, it's the same thing with you before you get all high and mighty and think of yourself being better than you are. You've got sin in your life too. God hates your sin as well. And so there's some sins that pull us back that we get a little more creeped out about or bothers us more and things like that. But sin is sin, and we're seeing it destroy us. I have just thought, what's going to happen 10 years from now? Have you thought about that? Even the last couple of years, the, the changes that have been made around us, the things that have been done, the fact that now they are ramping this up in our cartoons, the fact that they're, they're displaying this in our elementary schools and they're doing these things. Can I say that I believe that the problem really starts with us? Being honest. If we were to trace it back, I believe that it really starts with us. We want to emphasize so much what's wrong that we forget that we need to be emphasizing what is right. If we will scream and preach what is right, then we would have less of what is wrong. Does that make sense? And I'm saying if we were to demonstrate a father figure and a man. But you know we have a lot of father figures that are even in church. Which let me by, this, by the way say that it even makes it worse. It makes it worse when you claim to love God. And you claim to be a man of God in the church. But then you go home and you live differently. Our children grow up rebellious against God and fathers because of what they've seen. When that dad is abusive to mom. And what I have found when it comes to the wrong situation and that wrong lifestyle over here, just start asking them their stories. I know a lot of you say, well, I don't even talk to people like that. Well, you should, because they have a soul and they need Jesus. But if you were to talk to them, I'm going to tell you what you're going to find is saying, hey, I grew up in a house where my dad was abusive all those years. And all of a sudden, in the back of their mind, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that. And we push them away because we've not done what was right, and they gravitate to what is wrong. Let me tell dads, you need to teach your boys to be men. We need to teach our children to be biblical men and biblical women. To submit to God, to follow God. God created man and woman from the beginning. He gave them distinct roles. He put them in the garden. He created them at different times. And whether we want to admit it or not, I'm just going to tell you the truth because it is Bible that God placed Adam in the role of the husband to be accountable for his family. I I know that's going to get quiet because a lot of men are sitting there saying, you know what, if I say amen right now, my wife is going to nudge me and say, you know you don't do that. Adam sinned and Eve sinned. And God went walking in the cool of the day yelling for Adam and not Eve. Because God held him accountable. Let me tell every man here today that God still holds us accountable. When men are not godly men, then their families suffer. And when families suffer, the church suffers. When the church suffers, the nation suffers. And it's a domino effect that starts with us. I want to preach today on the subject of the heart of a leader. Now, I've done a lot of messages before on the role of a leader, but God convicted me about this because basically when we get into Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, which is the springboard to our message today, 
we learn something. It says here, and this is the principle of where I got the title of our message. Keep thy heart with all diligence. The word keep, passage here, means to guard, to protect. For out of it are the issues of life. You know what the Bible is saying? Out of your heart comes the direction of your life. I, I can tell you the direction of a young person. When you sit there, and you, if you could reach into their life and you could see their heart, if you could see the bitterness that they have or the anger that they have or the rebellion against God, God says that that's in your heart will end up directing you through your life. Out of your heart is the issues of life. Out of your heart is the direction of your life. Out of your heart will determine the type of leader that you are. So you can walk in church and you can look good and you can have that nice car and you can have all your bills paid for. You can pat yourself on the back of your accomplishments in this life, but God says if your heart's not right, nothing is going to work out right. We feel like because we have the outside looking good that everything works out right and that's not the way that it is. If you don't have a heart for the things of God, let me just throw this out because we're all here today in this perfect illustration, like the example of coming to church. You know, how, how many times do the kids come up and say, Dad, are we going to be going to church tomorrow? Son, I'm just tired. I've had a long week. You don't know how it is. You don't know what it's like to work and pay for the bills all day. And now you want me to go to church? Just get off my back. I don't want to hear, but Dad, it's this and Dad, it's that. Have that wife that sits there and says, Honey, it'd make my day. We'd go to church tomorrow. Honey, it's my only day off. Honey, it's, it's, it's my day to go golfing. Honey, it's my day to do this. It's my day to sleep in. Honey, this, that. You say, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to get across? I don't have to wonder what's in your heart. You just told us what's in your heart. When you don't have a heart for God, then you don't have a heart for the things of God. And it shows in your life. And the same thing goes for that dad that has a love to play golf. And I don't care if it's raining and he's got two broke legs. He's going to be out there swinging that club. And you say, why is it? Because he loves golf. Let me tell you, when you love God in your heart, it's going to show through what you do. Can't cover it up. When you love something. Proverbs just lays that very clear. If a man's heart is not right, then I'll tell you everything about him will not be right. I want to show you this in action by taking you to Joshua 24. Now this is a very popular passage of scripture. To the point where I can even tell you right now that a lot of you probably have this passage hanging up in your house right now. And it's not that I don't want to elevate that one verse that we love so much and that one phrase of the verse that we love so much. But I want to take you to the heart of Joshua and show you something that happened before he ever says this. The heart of a leader. Joshua chapter 24 verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. For the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood or the God of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me... In my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, as, Lord, as I take the next couple of minutes, Lord, and I share the heart of Joshua, 
I pray, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. And understanding, Lord, the passion that this man had. Lord, understanding that Lord, we, can, we can go through the motions and we can have the titles. But Lord, if our heart is not right, our families will not turn out right. Our leadership will not be right. Lord, our churches will not be right. Lord, help us to grasp this from the bottom of our hearts, Lord, as we turn to you. We pray this in your name. Amen. I, not one of us is going to sit there and say Joshua was not a great leader. I mean, I, I've studied his life. I've taught through his life. I've done illustrations just from other passages where I go, oh man, let me go back to Joseph and show you this about this guy because he just had it going on. But he didn't have it going on just because God played favorites and said, yeah, I'm always going to elevate this guy. But it started in the heart of this guy. See, the thing is, he bears his heart as a family man in this passage, which makes us so unique. He bears his heart as a family man. He doesn't say as for all of Israel or whatever. In this passage, as a leader, at the end of his ministry, at the end of Joshua, he stands there and says, with his family, as for me and what matters most, we're going to do what's right. At the heart of Joseph was his family. Verse 14, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Let me show you the heart of Joseph. Number one, he had a healthy fear of God. Now I'm going to be honest, this is not popular. I'm going to be honest, a lot of people are going to sit there and say, wait a minute, I don't want to hear about a God that I have to fear. Well, first of all, you've got to understand the principle of the definition of fear here, Okay. But the other thing I can tell you right now, a lot of men that don't have the right heart and a lot of men that don't lead right and a lot of men that have to have their arm twisted beyond their back to say, oh, okay, I'll go to church, but don't bug me next week about it. Okay, we won't do that, but I, I don't want to hear that anymore. Don't shove that down my throat. You know what the problem is? We've lost our understanding of fearing the Lord God Almighty. You know why people can do what they do? And walk on his rules and mock him and smear what the definition of marriage is and everything else. Because they don't understand the fear of the Lord. We can say that all day long when it comes to the world. But shame on us if we don't understand that as Christians. The Bible says in Psalm 111 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Literally meaning you will never know what to do if you don't first start with the fear of God. The Bible says in Psalm 115, verse 13, He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. You say, wait a minute. We're not fear of the Lord. I'm not supposed to fear the Lord. Actually, the Bible says that the, the perfect love that we have in God is to cast out all fear. And you are correct. I grew up, and I had an amazing dad. I, I'm not saying that I had a perfect dad. But I had a dad that got up every morning and went to work before I even got out of bed. And I had a dad that often did not come home at night because he was putting, and he worked construction, and my dad would work into the evening to get a job done to make sure that he could walk through the door of my house and put on the counter the money for my, for my mom. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember the days that my dad would sit there and he'd count out the cash and he'd sit there and say, all right, we're $100 short. Honey, I'll be working late tomorrow night and we'll get that money. We will pay our bills. 
I'm standing there as a little kid not even realizing that I'm soaking all that up. I didn't realize that all that time that my dad was teaching me and he was showing me and my dad, I'd be able to get around my dad and my dad was a big guy and he'd come up and he'd hug me. He wasn't a real emotional guy, but he made it very clear that he loved me and I was very clear to tell my dad that I loved him. I didn't grow up in a home that there was not the love word being thrown around. We were very open, and I'm still him today. I don't get on the phone or off the phone without telling my dad, Dad, I love you. And my dad says to me, Son, I love you too. I love my dad. I didn't grow up in an abusive home. My dad would correct us, but he would not abuse us. And I'm very, very blessed with the home that I was brought up. My dad would get us up. He'd bring us to church. If I messed around in church, trust me, I knew about it when we got out to the car. We had three of us boys in that house. Three. And I tell you, it wasn't hard to get in trouble. Not at all. Especially with Dave that was instigating it all the time. (laughs) He's not in here, but I'm going to tell you now, if he was, he'd be like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm not just made. And so we, we had, anybody know about how brothers fight? And sometimes you just get that brain freeze that no matter what mom says, you can't get out of that mode of being goofing off and fighting and being dumb. I'm just being honest, all right? That's one thing that I can say about guys because I am. There's often times that we're just flat out dumb. You didn't have to say amen there. There's plenty of opportunities in this message. Why'd you choose there? And so my mom came up. She was burning hot. And she said, I have told you for the last time to quit. You go to your bedroom right now. And and I, I am going to take care of this. So we go to our room. We're nervous. We're scared. We know what's coming. My parents were firm believers in the term to spank your child. Okay? I never grew up. I didn't know what time out was. The only time out that my mom had was when she was resting her arm. That's the only time out that we had growing up, okay? It didn't ruin me. And I'm telling you, a lot of people get away from this, and their kids run wild and bounce off the walls and everything. And I'm thinking, how did I know not to do that when I was a child? Because my mom spanked my butt, okay? And it got me on the right path. And I'm thankful for the correction of my parents. Because I've learned I'd rather be corrected lovingly by my mom and dad than to be corrected by a police officer because I couldn't learn to respect authority. We have problems today because dads are not living out the biblical role of a parent to correct their children. Mom did the most horrible thing she could have done. She walked in there and she said, I am not going to spank you. And I just thought that she got a hold of God and God told her to show mercy and love. She said, I just got off the phone with your dad, and he's almost home. He will take care of you when he gets home. And I tell you, dad got home, and dad walks into mom, and when mom's worked up, it doesn't t- it's not hard to get dad worked up, okay? And the last thing you want is dad worked up before he spanks you, okay? You do not want that. And mom was going off, and then they did this, and for, you know, then they did that, and we're in there bleeding and begging for God to bring the rapture or something. It's like, dear God, make the woman quit talking about what we did. And all dad does is walk through that door because the truth of the matter, you can say it's a saying or whatever you want. If mama ain't happy, nobody happy, okay? And dad comes back home and he wants to be happy, so he's got to correct the problem. And my dad walks through that door. 
He's got that belt, and he said, I heard you boys made your mom mad. And are like, oh, dear God, and it's on, okay? <laughs> I, I can tell you, I walked through life being able to crawl up into the arms of my dad to love my dad. I, I could go to him. I could tell him anything. And let me tell you, I had the type of dad that I could say to my dad, I completely messed this up. I, sh- I scratched the car. I did this. I did that or whatever. My dad would be like, all right, you're going to pay for it, but it's going to be okay. I'm going to love you, and it's going to be okay. I did not fear my dad. But let me tell you, I feared the judgment of my dad. My dad was a just dad, meaning that if something was wrong, he would make it right. I say, what are you trying to say by this? My God is a loving God. My God is a forgiving God. My God, I could go on and on about his mercy and his grace and everything else that I could tell you about this, but I think we've done an injustice to our God when we don't walk to the other side of the fence and say our God is a just God. He is a holy God. He is a righteous God. And my God has said to us, as my children, you be holy for I am holy. When we sit there and we try to mess around in life and we step over God's rules and God's guidelines and we do all this, Joshua in his life said, I came to the point to realize that my God was a God of love. He's the one that came and rescued it. He's the God that showed mercy, mercy to Pharaoh and those people over and over again. And they stuck their fists in the face of God and said, we will not let you go till God brought judgment of killing their firstborn son. And God did, just so you know, God did do that. Because there is judgment when we disobey God. So I don't want to hear it. You will either hear it today or you will hear it one day, but you will hear it. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm just here to help you understand something. That God says, I will not be mocked. You say, where is that passage in the Bible? The same passage that he says, you will reap what you sow. Dads, you understand that there is a healthy fear of God that we should have in our lives to know that we are not only coming before him as our God, but we bow before him as our king. We respect That is what the fear means, to put in the proper respect, to understand the authority and the justice of our God. The Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, which literally means that he will correct. I'm here to tell you that you can mess around, you can say, I don't care about church or God, or I'll do my own thing, but you will reap what you sow. And when you push that off, it just shows that you do not have the proper fear of God. Sometimes we get away and sometimes we mess up. But I'm glad he loves me enough to pull me back. That's what the Bible says. Let me take you in another one and we'll, we'll be quick. There's a lot of things that you could get in there and I challenge you sometime to do a little search on the subject of fear of the Lord in your Bible and see that this isn't just here and there. The Bible says you want to know why you men keep messing up? Let me just say, guys, because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you don't start with it, everything else is going to mess up that follows. Let me keep going. 
Joshua 24, verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods of your father which served on the other side of the flood in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which were your father served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites. Joshua chose to follow God in his heart. Joshua chose to follow God in his heart. Imagine Joshua as he stands before them this day and there's an audience who's Christians. How heartbreaking can this be to sit there and say, guys, I can't believe I have to tell you. It was our God that split the Red Sea. It was our God that crossed us over Jordan. It was our God that fed us with manna. It was our God that did all of that. But here's the problem. They would sneak into their tent and they had the gods of Egypt. And they had these gods. And I'm not saying it was all of them, but he had to make a distinction of these guys at this time. He said, some of you guys get in there after everything that God has done for you. You sit there and bow a knee and worship a rock or a statue or a golden image. You say, man, that's disgusting. Man, I turn around and I get so bothered by that that some, the children of God would do that. Let me just explain to you something. A God is anything that you elevate above our God. It, it can be golfing on Saturday when you don't come to church on Sunday. It can be cable TV when you're faithful to give to your cable provider and your cell phone provider. you got your 4G in your pocket. But you can't drop a dollar for God in the offering plate. We have idolatry in America. No, 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 let me take it a step further. We have, we have idolatry in the church. See, he said in that, and he said, Joshua says to them, he says, you guys better choose who you're going to serve. You see, God just makes it as easy as this. He said, you're going to either keep doing what you're doing or you're going to stop and follow God. But you're going to choose who you're going to serve. Literally, the word serve was talking about giving your attention, your focus, your honor, your pledge of allegiance to. Every day we make choices, man. I told you guys that I'm going to hit us straight. Every day we make choices and those choices direct where we're going with our families. We either choose to honor God when we support the local church or we choose not to. We choose to be faithful to serve God or we choose not to. And every time we get up and say, hey, as the calling of God to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, that God said to seek and to save that which is lost. The Bible says to be ambassadors and be light and be this and be that, all these things. Hey, I've got something cool that we're going to do. We're going to have a vacation Bible school. And we're going to do all those things. You sit back and say, well, my evenings, I like to go home and kick back. Well, that TV has just become your God. Say, man, I, I don't, I don't want to hear that. That rock did nothing. That stone did nothing. That idol did nothing. I'm not saying, and I'm using Bible school, guys, it's, do not walk out of here. And he said, if I don't sign up for Bible school, I'm an idol worshiper. You know, and I'm not saying that. But I'm asking you, where do you rank our God when it comes to your service? Where do you rank our God when it comes to your time? Where do you rank our God when it comes to the laid out plan that he has given us to be the church? 
And then so many people are sitting there going, that's not for me, that's not for me, that's not for me. It's not a matter of you not having the time. It's just a matter of what you fill that time with. And I say this because we have a dying world and we're so quick to sit there and say, hey, they're turning around and now they have gay football player and they have this guy and this, this person's going to be praying and all this other stuff and we'll complain about it. And God says, you know what? I didn't call you to complain. I called you to make a difference. And I guess I'm just tired of men not stepping up to make a difference. Joshua said, you know how I got to where I'm at? He said, somewhere along the line, I said, I'm either going to choose to be like everybody else or I'm going to choose to follow God. So when did that happen? Remember Joshua and Caleb? And they came back and everybody said, no, we can't do it. And Joshua stepped up and said, yes, we can. Yes, we can do this because if God be for us, who can be against us? There was a determination in his heart saying, you know what? I don't care who's going to go with me. I'm going to choose to serve God. What are you choosing to do with your life? In his heart, he had a fear of God. In his heart, he had a determination. He made a choice to serve, to honor God with his life. Let me close with this one. He was determined to remain faithful to God. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 makes a statement. He says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can I tell you that Joshua wasn't making a random statement To say, hey, I think for now on we're going to do this. You know what I learned going back through the Bible? I went all the way back to Exodus chapter 17 and verse 13 and 14. You know what I found there? I found Joshua holding up and supporting and and serving. And Moses sent him down there to lead in battle. And the Bible says that he rose up and and he fought for the children of Israel. I went all the way to Numbers chapter 14 verse 9. When he cried out, only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. God has given them to us. Guys, let's do this. Looked all the way to Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. You know what I found? And the Bible says, and Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. And Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him as they did, as they did the Lord commanded Moses. You know what I found in Joshua chapter 3 verse 7? And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of Israel, that they may know that I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And I looked at something that was so awesome about Joseph. He started off saying, Lord, I'm going to please you. (laughs) The book of Exodus, Lord, I'm going to please you. book of Deuteronomy, Lord, I'm going to please you. Lord, all the way through, all the way through numbers, God, I'm going to please you. The, the, the Bible says that they rose up. Ten were bad and what? Two were good. The Bible story that we tell kids all the time about the spies that went in there and Joshua was one that stood up. Here they are. Time comes. They need a new leader. And they turn around and they said, we're going to call upon this man. And we're like, who, who, who are they going to get to replace Moses? Here this Joshua guy stands up. And they start looking back and say, oh, Joshua. Joshua was the one that fought that battle. And he's the one that stood up here. And he's the one that did that. And remember when Joshua and Caleb went in and not all the way through? You know what? They realized that Joshua was a faithful leader. All through the Bible. He was consistent. It breaks my heart to see how inconsistent this generation has become. They can't stick to a job. 
They can't stick to a career. They can't stick to, and I, I know life changes and things like that, but I mean, it is such a wave being tossed to and fro in this world that they are so inconsistent. But let me show you, and we'll close. Joshua 24, verse 21, as he pleads before the people. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourself that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. You know what I love about it? When Joshua was consistent in his walk and that, what he found was those people that were willing to follow in his footsteps because they had respect unto what God had done in his life. Because let me tell you this. When we live an inconsistent life and we're in church and out of church and we're into this and out of that, and I'm not saying that we don't have struggles, I'm not saying that we don't have problems, but I am saying this, that there needs to be a determination in our hearts that we're going to keep on keeping on for Jesus Christ. And when I've realized this, that people respect and they follow truth. They respect and they follow passion. They respect and they follow consistency. But if they sit back and say, you know what, I've never really seen it work for my parents, then why would it ever work for me? I've, I've never seen my dad stick at this, so why should I go to church or serve God or be faithful? What has it ever done for them? I just realized that it's simply a matter of if we're going to be leaders like Joshua, it's got to start right here, guys, in our hearts. Because out of your heart becomes, is all the issues of life. When I evaluate his heart, and he had that re- respect of God and that fear of God, and that fear of God led him to follow God. And that following God led to consistency where they saw this pattern all there, and he said, guys, it's for me and my house we're just going to keep doing it. And I don't even believe it was so much saying, hey, it's for me. And Hey, guys, you're going to listen to what I say. You're going to keep doing this. I believe he had followers of his family sitting there going, man, dad, you've been faithful. You've been good. Let's keep it going. 